Hello and welcome to the Push Record and Run Shallot Records podcast, episode number 10. I am your in-caffeine withdrawal co-host, Hunter Arias. I recently found out that my heart palpitations are set off by the generally conservative amount of caffeine that I take in during the day, so I figured it'd be worth it to go my entire first day off of work of the week without any caffeine, and I ended up uh, just sleeping for most of the day and uh, feeling like absolute trash garbage. And then at five, I got a splitting headache and uh, slept some more. And now I'm back awake at uh, 9 p.m. ready to take on this podcast and looking at this beautiful setup that we have here for completely analog recording. Every mic from the main room, everything's mic'd up, five mics on the drums and a mic on each amp, and they all come right into our mixing board, uh, and then they go right out into the reel-to-reel, come back into the mixing board to the last eight channels, and then can be mixed from there with our beautiful array of um, different rack-mounted effects units that we throw in via insert cables, and then mix down to a quarter-inch reel-to-reel. So anybody who's interested in recording all analog, please let us know. Uh, Hit us up on any of our social media pages, um, Shallot Records at uh, Outlook.com or uh, Instagram or Facebook. We're going to get you down here in the studio. We're going to get things rolling. um, And we want to make your vision the passion of Shallot Records. Thank you to KZUM for their continued support and trust in the Shallot brand. And uh, we're really excited again to see where things go in the future. So listen to our advertisements uh, every Monday at 6.30 on the HNFM Hour with Sam Chrysler, Audrey Hertel, and Jesse Hunt. So thanks again to KZUM. Uh, Today we have on a very special guest. His name, his stage name is Zarkalore. Uh, he's part of the Black Magic Collective in Lincoln. He calls himself a producer. I uh, know, he doesn't call himself. He is an amazing producer, DJ, and electronic music artist in Lincoln, Nebraska, who's been doing it since he was in early high school, like 14 years old, and has been improving ever since. And uh, he divulged to us in the podcast that he he goes to an electronic music show if you do the math like every third day he said at one point he was going to uh 90 shows i think last year so uh it's amazing to have him down here in the studio uh and to get his perspective on a fairly foreign art form to me which is electronic music so without any further Adieu. Here is Zark Illor on the Push Record and Run Shallot Records podcast, episode number 10. The thing I said is if they need to take the stop class, why don't they just take, take the, the stop, stop class? class? It's a $100 yeah. class. On top of paying for court fees and getting a charge, you also have to pay $100 for the stop class, then take yep. the stop class, which is five hours of your time. And <sighs> instead of doing that, they paid me. So it's like you're just spending a bunch of money. See, I, f- I feel like I it took me way longer than five hours to do everything that I needed to do for yep. a, for a stop class. Really? I mean, I, I don't know, man. That that test took way too fucking long. I, I kind of blew through it. I don't know why <laughs> I have that stuff on lock, but like nothing else. Yeah. Some, I'm like, I don't even have to finish the question. It's like, who is the right? Nothing. No one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. So happy to have you on, Zark. Yeah, what's up? Um, not a whole lot, man. Um, it's so good to have you in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get as many people in my basement as possible. So Yeah, that's pretty mm. a good goal to have, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Gage is, I think, the question master. Yeah, I want you to tell me a little bit about uh, Black Magic uh, to start off with. Like, How did you get involved? What... What all do they do? You know, I feel like a lot of people that would are listening to our podcast right now aren't really familiar with the EDM scene here in Lincoln. Yeah. Um, so Black Magic is run by a couple of local DJs and producers, Caleb and Derek, who go by Oceans and Darkwood. And they came up with the idea uh, like a little bit 
over two years now or something like that and i had met them through a mutual friend and played my first show ever actually with them like just a month or two before that and so they were starting up this at the time i thought i think i thought it was just going to be like a label for like local Mm -hmm. electronic producers to have an avenue to put music out there to like a broader audience rather than just self-releasing everything yeah and i had a bunch of stuff that i was working on and i was just like hey you know if you ever need artists <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> that's how you your get label, your foot in the door yeah and, like i can send you some stuff or whatever and then i put out an ep it would have been like two years ago was that microcosm exactly. no that was uh last may or something like that mm, this was yeah. even before that yeah yeah. Were you going by Zarkalore at that point? Yeah, I've been producing under Zarkalore for like almost seven years now. Holy Damn. crap. Yeah. Where How did... old were you when you started that then? Uh, 14. I don't know if I Damn. had the alias at, or like a little bit before that or not, but that's when I for sure like picked up a DAW and... Actually, I would have been producing before that. That's when I got FL Studio, which is the, the software. Oh, I, yeah. Fruity Loops, yeah. yeah. Fruity <laughs> Loops. Yeah. What, what were you using? before? What did you start <laughs> off with? Um, it was like some cheap program called Dub Turbo. Nice. <laughs> it was like like maybe $30 or something like that. Sick. Whereas like most dogs are oh, yeah. a couple hundred or something like mm-hmm. that. And yeah. it just like played. It was like a single sample and then it would just pitch it up and down and then you had like a midi track (laughs) instead of like having like a different sound specifically for each note it would just like like warp it terribly and so if you get up into like the higher notes it would play like for like 0.2 seconds or whatever yeah rather than like the full length of the recorded note and stuff i feel like that'd be a great start for like building your sonic arsenal you know just like learning what each sound sort of means within every the context of everything else but yeah uh, I think you were pretty restricted in like what you could make though, because there wasn't actually any like synthesis involved. It was all just like pre-recorded sounds and then mapping it to mm. a grid, basically. Yeah. So there are like some fundamentals, but when it comes to like sound design and like mixing and stuff like that, it was like nothing. Yeah. Too, <laughs> yeah. Too restricted, really. <laughs> yeah. Get anything out of it. Right. Yeah. What do you use in terms of uh, MIDI instruments when you're when you're recording? Uh, have you heard of the mouse and keyboard? <laughs> 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 about all i use honestly i like, i mean i mean like uh like plugins like uh oh you know oh okay i thought you sorry. meant like, like no. physical like, i totally thought stuff. you he meant like physical yeah. no sorry like, I, I would love to learn like a keyboard or something like that yeah because i think it'd be helpful to be able to play melodies and stuff like that and not just have to click and drag uh as far as like synths and stuff go i mainly use like serum is a huge one for me and i think that's pretty common for like most electronic producers right now it's just like very uh advanced when it comes to like the visual aspect of it mm-hmm. yeah compared to a lot of different synths and others i would use are like citrus massive and then like three osc is a default one in fl studio it's not like too complicated or anything like that but for simple sounds it's nice to be able to just i don't know it's like reliable i guess it's, like yeah maybe is there anything that you just stand by entirely with almost everything that you do is there something you throw on almost every single uh track uh i mean like ott is always a staple it's just like a a compressor it's made by the same people who did uh serum Mm. i was gonna ask what the company was that made serum um it's expert records it's run by steve duda i don't know enough yeah. of his background but i know he's like a, a producer of some sort and like helped design it and then brought in like uh either coders and mathematicians and stuff to like help with the the more detailed aspects wow. of it i guess yeah. yeah it's like it's pretty crazy uh like do how you, people know how to do that stuff this is just for my own own selfish uh indulging in yeah. like mixing and stuff but uh what do you use for a visualizer for everything like an eq visualizer um I mean, like, the built-in limiters and, like, EQ in FL Studio, like, parametric EQ, and then it's, like, fruity limiter or something like that. They each have their own visual aspect to it. Like, yeah. the, the EQ has little, like, bands that light up, like, more orange, I guess, when, yeah, like, yeah. the volume is louder at certain yeah. frequencies. Yeah, exactly. And so then, like, you drag the little <laughs> the, the points on yeah. the... You'd have to like see it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what you're no. about. But right, oh, well, I I recently yeah. got insight 
insight too and and that that kind of freaked me out i mean there's so much stuff that you do with that it's like a cascading mountain of yeah. eq that just kind of piles through yep. and it and it shows you a lot about your mix and i know very little about uh what it's like to mix using that on mainly uh digital instruments mm-hmm. you know um is there a digital instrument that you that you would stand by like is i know i just kind of asked this but yeah. like what um like stock stock plugins um like what they're super powerful they're, you can never go are, wrong like uh yeah. me doing all my work in pro tools right now never afraid to use those stock plugins come on no the mini grand yeah. is amazing like there's <laughs> so much shit you could do with it i mean you just throw on some crazy eq and then it sounds like a completely different instrument you know mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot of fun yeah i mean like again like serum i think is maybe the end all be all of plugins right now like it's hard to beat it when it comes to like the UI and being able to understand and visualize exactly what each knob, I guess, does and like what each effect is doing. Cause you can like, uh, what makes it different, I guess, is that you can, you know what like a wavetable is where you have like the waveform and then you turn uh, the knob to like go through the different, it's like, a wa- I guess I'll just explain it for those yeah, who yeah, don't know. It's like, for sure. you have multiple different waves and then as you turn the knob, it like slowly transforms it from one to the other all in like a line and then mm-hmm. like in uh, massive for example you can have your wavetable and like as you're changing it you can like hear the difference but with uh with serum you can like see the wave and like see it changing cool. and you also see like the whole table itself and like see which part of the cycle or which yeah. cycle it's on or whatever that's super I cool it, like i don't think there's anything else that does that right now maybe right. phase plan i haven't looked at that in too much detail but it sounds super intuitive yeah, like the, yeah. The, the more you can manipulate it and see exactly what you're changing, the better. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of fun. You know, you saying that you do all your MIDI tracks with uh, like just your mouse, you know, writing on the, drawing on the tracks, you know, mm-hmm. that's really impressive because I, I've been listening to uh, some new tracks and I've been listening to, uh, I listened a lot to Microcosm. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I'm you know really surprised that you say that you don't use a physical keyboard because mm-hmm. a lot of those piano runs and solos yeah. are super natural. <laughs> I don't know. I got, I'm glad that it sounds that way because I do get asked like sometimes like what keyboard or whatever I use to like, and it's like nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, it's I easy think, to point and click. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> people also underestimate just like messing with the the velocity of the note so you can like change the pitch mm-hmm. and stuff like that but mm-hmm. then the velocity also changes it's not like just volume because it does change i don't know like something else about the yeah. note when it comes to like like how uh sampled instruments some <coughs> keyboards you know you press harder and it plays stronger is basically yeah. how mm-hmm. i could say it yeah exactly. Yeah. it's got that force <laughs> <laughs> so uh tell me a little bit about how you construct your songs how your writing process maybe starts and mm-hmm. how it slowly turns into a fully fleshed out song. Uh, <laughs> it's like very all over the place most of the time. I mean, I don't really have like a consistent starting point that I go to. I would say like most commonly I would start with some sort of melody and then make like, I guess a super saw would be an instrument that I come back to a lot. Mm. It's just, you take like a saw and then you, add multiple voices and then you detune each voice just slightly and like, so a, it, like, like a saw wave yeah 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 and then i i usually put those in and then add drums i guess that's cool yeah mm-hmm. and if it's not that then i usually will make something with serum like some sort of weird synth and then make the song around that almost <laughs> yeah just kind of like fill in the gaps more or less yeah it goes in bits and pieces yeah. I bet i bet it's fun to you know have it be like puzzle pieces putting together yeah different definitely. parts of the song that's like what intrigues me the most about it is like mm-hmm. you hear certain songs where there's like parts where like they definitely like heard that somewhere and they're like that's gonna be perfect right at two minutes and yeah. 30 seconds whatever <laughs> like i love that because some of it fits so well you know and obviously i had no have no clue how it works to pu- yeah. puzzle that together but like with how cool it turns out mm-hmm. from what I can tell with everyone. Like, it's so awesome. <laughs> Where do you usually start? Um, like, mm-hmm. uh, do you start with a hook or do you start with a, a, um, a drum beat? 
Mm. Where do you find yourself draw? What do you find yourself drawn most to when you first start? Like I, I would say normally chords of some sort. I just mm. like mess with like a piano MIDI, and then from there I transfer it to like a different synth, and then add different layers to it to make it sound more full, and then try to make something from that. I change yeah. up the melody of mm-hmm. the the chords so it's not just like the same mm-hmm. throughout the whole song. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you, you said that you played your first show with Black Magic, right? Um, well, it wasn't with like, them? Yeah, it was with the people who ended up making Black mm. Magic, I guess. How, well, I'm interested yeah. to know what the process for putting on a show and then what do you, yeah. what do you take with you when you're going to go play a live show? Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, it depends on what equipment is going to be at the venue or like who is putting it on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like if they are going to provide CDJs, literally all I have to bring are like headphones and a flash drive and I just like plug in my flash drive and all my music loads up and then it's nice. For those of us who don't know, what's a CDJ? Uh, it's like a, a piece of equipment and like it's called a CDJ because you used to put in like CDs rather than, uh, like vinyl records is what you would have used prior to that. And then from there you would be able to just like load up multiple songs instead of having to like switch out. Mm Mm-hmm records if i understand correctly but now it's just as simple as putting in a usb and then it loads up your tracks and then you load a track onto that piece of equipment and then it routes into you have like two of them and then they both route into the central mixer and then you do most of the mixing from there it's it's the thing with the the jog wheels yeah that you can like move through the track that's super cool is that what (laughs) is that what you the dj uh like the turntables are called yeah. jog wheels yeah oh that's yeah, sick. yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great name yeah that's what tight. so i've heard there's a, a, a big difference between uh, <laughs> djs and producers tell me a bit about that discussion throughout the scene like i i, I can imagine a producer might get hurt feelings by being <laughs> called maybe a, a dj you know um, I feel like they're just kind of in like separate categories almost because like one is more performative and one of them is like just making music and getting it down and recording it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so like you can definitely be both a DJ and a producer or one or the other. Mm-hmm. But production is definitely like in the DAW or whatever you're using. It could be like, like writing, instruments, the writing the music and then having like a piece that you made. Mm-hmm. And then DJing is taking a collection of songs whether or not they're yours or not and then creating something by like mixing them yeah together. okay mm-hmm. yeah what do you find yourself drawn more to djing or, or producing it's always tough to say because I, I definitely have been producing a lot longer than djing mm-hmm. and i really enjoy them both a lot and i think i don't know i almost treat them differently in some ways mm-hmm. yeah i think what i make isn't always that similar to what i'll uh, use when i'm mixing i guess sure hmm. but, uh, it's hard to choose just like which one i would be more drawn <laughs> yeah. to i don't know i fun. saw i saw you did a uh there was a dj tournament at the boombox yeah. social <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was fun it, lo- it looked like it was a lot of fun i'm sorry you got knocked off man yeah it's okay <laughs> what, what's the boombox social it's a bar right Downtown. yeah it's like 17th and p it just opened up whoa tight Wait, in the time of Corona? <laughs> yeah. Weird, <laughs> weird, weird time to open up for sure. Yeah. It's got yeah. a kick-ass like, neon sign, though. Yeah. Of a big yeah, boombox. Whoa. It's pretty sick. <laughs> what's what's that What's that bar downtown? Is it the brass rail where, like, you go in and then you keep going? And in the in the very back, there's, like, a d- dance hall and there's, like, different levels. And everyone's just moshing like crazy. I've never been to brass rail. Really? I yeah. I know, like, Junction has, like, an upper like it's not like two separate levels i guess but there is like an raised area that kind of yeah goes toward the back and then there's like a dj booth up right, on one right. Side. i'm just looking for the best places to dance man yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and das house is a little crazy for me so <laughs> i am <laughs> maybe a little bit more tame than that yeah but um the mez is always a good spot man. oh yeah, yeah i miss the mez dance yeah. central yeah kidding yeah, man. You was it was it your set at the Mez where it was just kind? Of, it was like a, a, a crazy smattering of different genres. Yeah, that show because you guys played yeah. that show, right? It was like yeah. the very first. That was the soft reopening, reopening or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the soft mm-hmm. reopening. Yeah, 
I felt kind of weird about it being on a lineup with like <laughs> yeah. no other DJs and not knowing like whether or not people were <laughs> even going to so be into you. Was that with parking? Music music? Was that with parking lot party? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I'm so sorry that like there was a huge crowd for parking lot yeah. party at the very beginning. We didn't do, we didn't uh, order the lineup very well for that, but no, it was a fucking awesome closer to the mm-hmm. evening. Mm-hmm. Straight up, we don't a, get many DJs in. It was a lot of high schoolers to ke- keep that in mind. I think it was maybe mm-hmm. getting past their bedtime. and their parents were there too which made it even a little bit more daunting going to a rock show (laughs) right (laughs) they were all dressed in their work attire it was was cute it was super cute is there any place in lincoln that you play that uh you'd say is like one of the most Mm. badass spots for a dj uh i mean we play at the royal grove a lot and i like like the sound there is good and it's like a huge space which is nice yeah, it's just nuts. a lot of room to spread out. And, they do all yeah. kinds of different shows too. Mm-hmm. I remember um, Blue Oyster Cult was gonna play there, mm, and yeah. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I remember it. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Blue Oyster Cult was gonna play there, and and uh, they were like, okay, so whoever gets the most votes on Facebook <laughs> can open up for them, and uh, and we Farkles got Farkles are got the most. But then they yeah. were like, "You're not our genre. We're not gonna." No, what, they, 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 what? bastard! Yeah. That's, That's so dumb. Sucks. I remember yes. voting for that. Yeah, yeah. It's straight <laughs> trash, dude. dude. It was what? so much fun. It looked like it was neck and neck near the end. It was like <laughs> you and some other band. <laughs> yeah, we looked them up too. They were like some black metal band. Oh my god! It was like, what? You guys are gonna pick them over us? Really? Oh, no, I don't know if they did. I don't even know if the they show probably happened. They canceled the show. Nebraska. We're just getting trolled on social media. If that's any extension of what it's going to be like to play at the Royal Grove, then fuck it. Damn. Yeah. Mm. Did you play at the Bourbon? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw you there. Who Who else was? Uh, it was. I, I I can't remember. I feel so mm-hmm. bad. You opened up for. Probably somebody. must die in space laces. Yeah. If you went to that. Golden producers. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> a fun time going to the bourbon oh yeah i think bourbon's probably my favorite venue in lincoln such a big space yeah i was gonna say apart from producing and things like that like before you began producing were you Mm -hmm. more so like a part of like the edm like in the crowd scene or did you kind of get into it being a producer and then figuring Mm -hmm. out the crowd thing um i mean like before i was producing i guess i was still like in middle school i was gonna so say it like, started <laughs> super early so yeah. i was surprised the edm was your route because like the mm. this the the crowds seem kind of daunting for a child yeah. <laughs> like uh, i mean yeah i didn't go to shows until i would have started producing i guess i probably started going in 2015 maybe or something like that mm. i try to go to like everything that comes through like last year i think i went to like 90 something different shows although that includes Jesus. all the like mez stuff as yeah stuff like yeah that as well. damn but it's a lot of shows like show every yeah. three days Dance yeah. Yeah. Pants <laughs> it was like for sure almost two every weekend if i could i love that stuff like that yeah. yeah i love that are there any spots like outside of town i know that there's like some really whack like mm-hmm. barns that people have oh shows you mean like in. <laughs> like the edm edm shows there's like warehouse stuff that's like always <laughs> the the, like stereotype for sure but i think yeah, it, it like yeah. definitely does happen yeah mm-hmm. that's and, awesome like, <laughs> have you played at those before mm-hmm. yeah i think like one of my like favorite shows i've played was at uh like an actual warehouse in kansas city like you go into like some weird like industrial part of town and like you get there at like midnight and like it looks like just completely deserted and then all of yeah. a sudden you come to like a loading dock in a building and then like walk in a back door and then there's just like you can hear like the thumping bass from outside. <laughs> like, so cool. Just That's all the lights tight. and stuff when you walk in some random door. It's, it's like in like, a movie when they like, like the it's hidden. It's so surreal. Yeah, I imagine. So cool. I imagine oh like God. at around two thirty in the morning, Corey Feldman walks out, just <laughs> <laughs> on like a freaking Segway or something. That's that's how I'm. That's how I'm imagining this. I love it. Yeah, it was crazy. They had like shops and stuff set up selling like Ooh. like pins and like custom art and stuff whoa know, it was just like, so cool they had like a pool table set up and i don't know it was just crazy I, what's the cr- what's the crowd like i mean it's, it can't be anything like uh like an indie show in lincoln uh like behaviorally yeah wise. behaviorally yeah uh i haven't been to that many indie shows to really 
know exactly what the crowd would be like typically. Okay. I mean, there are like the people who mosh, but I feel like most people are just kind of vibing most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I <clears throat> I mean, I I love I I've been craving the mosh, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been craving the rail. That is the fun place to be. Yeah, I got to go to one well, EDM the show. The rail? One rave, I guess. Yeah. And that was my first one. And then COVID or sadness mm-hmm. happened. And it was yep. so sad. And it was so cool to experience. Because, like, mm-hmm. I always had these, like, obviously stereotypes in my head of, like, what it would be like. Yeah. And, I mean, like, definitely. it was kind of what I, like, you know. But at the same time, it was also, like, I like saw my boss and her boyfriend there. Like they have a baby at home and they were there and they looked just like I did that night. Like yep. they were having a good time. Everybody can enjoy it. And I think yeah. that that's so cool. And they met at a, at a like, so I think cute. they met what? at dance festopia. Wow. And so they like yeah. met. And then ever since then they've been going to shows together, <laughs> like, and they just had a baby. So they left him at home and they were like, we're going, we're finally having a <laughs> night out. And like, they were just like having a great time. It was so good to see so much fun i miss Yeehaw. the crowds i miss it so much have you played yeah. many uh outdoor shows that was like one of my number one goals this year is play an outdoor show for like <laughs> really? the first time and i was booked for like a couple of them yeah dang i got canceled <laughs> no. so where sad. where at who booked you um one of them was at uh 712 boom it's in like sioux city it's mm-hmm. like uh like a car show kind of thing but they also Ooh. have like a music festival side to it i guess Dope. whoa i think i haven't been so i don't know exactly when you go out of town for stuff like that do you do you generally try and do like a mini tour or do you just go straight there and then come straight back and just kind of yeah i guess scatter around because usually it's just i think there's like a weird difference between uh like how like smaller people get booked in like the indie scene and like edm scene because i feel like a lot mm. of what you guys do like correct me if i'm wrong but you like contact a venue and like kind of book yourself almost and then look for yeah. other artists to sign with you mm. right to, right like, yeah. a show whereas like most of the time it's like promoters in the place like for that one it would have been sue sound collective who was like running the stage and then they contact the artists mm. to like come in i guess so it's not like up to me in a sense no yeah, that's super right. cool though yeah i mean that that's got to feel great that's yeah, got to be an ego boost though, yeah, you know really i mean cool. to have other people reaching out to you and knowing mm-hmm. you and not you just trying to promote yourself yeah. and flailing around yeah. in infinity yeah. for a little bit you know especially out of state too yeah i think there's like a lot of different groups that are like really connected in the midwest like susan collective is a big one and they have some people coming up here for a show like pretty soon are they I fairly think. new to the the scene uh i don't know like when they would have started but i know that they've been around like at least as long as i've been playing shows or at least before that sure I, i'm just trying to get some uh names it through my head yeah I, I, for sure. I feel like i um know those guys i feel like i was supposed to go to forest with them wait really <laughs> yeah there, there's definitely a chance because they would definitely be going to forest i'd imagine my sister met them i think at forest mm. last time she went and then okay. it became a big group mm. yeah i could if definitely I have my see that right. <laughs> uh like david hernandez i think i don't know if, i don't know if you know the name i'll have like to a... check the snapchat group that's <laughs> yeah. always going for sure wow. yeah that'd be cool <laughs> that would be so fun what does it take to play at a festival like that i mean does do, there is uh, it's the same sort of thing like they reach out to you as opposed to you reaching out to them mm-hmm. i mean i think most of the time yeah. I think there can be situations in which you either you were like a manager or somebody would reach out to a larger festival almost in like an application kind of sense and then they would like yeah. approve or not wow. your application or whatever it would be like your <laughs> promotion. I don't know what to like call it. Yeah. Your like right. pitch to play at the Yeah, a pitch. At the fest. Cool. You can you I I can't imagine giving a pitch. I mean, I did a lot of elevator pitches in college for business, but I can't imagine trying to trying to sell myself, you know, with my music. And so then the bass is gonna drop here, and it's gonna be awesome. Like you, I'm, like just look at and she show a video of the crowd when the bass drops. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really had to do it either. I guess it's been mainly through, just like knowing people and meeting other people at shows and then from there it just kind of yeah spreads out 
and the really good guys are, are going to recognize other really good guys. And so yeah. you, they're going to probably put you on the map as well, you know, if, mm-hmm. they, if they believe in your talent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes, like, Black Magic unique when it comes to, like, people putting on shows and, like, doing promotion in at least, like, the Lingen scene. And I know some other scenes are probably, like, lacking this as well, where you have people who are artists and, like, actually DJ and produce their own music who yeah. are doing the the more behind the scenes stuff because they actually like understand like the fundamentals of it and kind <laughs> of can tell better like who actually knows what they're doing and who yeah. is just kind of faking it and being like a hype beast on instagram <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like that almost. <laughs> there's lots of those out there man yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i get existential and worry about whether or not i'm that <laughs> on a fairly regular basis why would yeah. you why? ever i well, i can't help it man you know I mean, I t- don't tell me you don't. I mean, we all do. Yeah. But why would you? <laughs> <laughs> We're all faking it till we make it. Yeah, Ain't bro. no shame in that. When did you When did you feel like you were stopped, when you stopped faking it? <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know about production. I feel like production's always tough because there's just, like, people who do it so much better all the time, and it's always hard yeah. to, like, compare yourself to them and think, like, yeah. you're just bad all the time almost. But I think with, like, DJing, uh, I went to, like, uh, the UNL DJ club my freshman year. Oh, and sick. I think I learned a lot from some of the people there, like Greg and especially Will. I think Will really knew what he was doing, and I saw him DJ quite a bit through there. And, like, from there I saw him, like, DJ at some places downtown or whatever. What's Will's last name? Uh, Bischoff. He goes by uh, DJ1L. And his other project is uh, Will and Martin. They're just like, oh, cool. they do a bunch of house stuff. It's really cool. Nice. Spread the good word, man. Check them out. But just like watching him DJ and like how he was doing things with EQ and like when he was mixing in and stuff like that helped me learn a lot, I feel. And then at that point, like I think once you get the basics of mixing, it just comes down to practicing a lot and figuring out which songs of yours can be mixed when and where and figuring out just like different patterns. And then, yeah. I have this, like, philosophy where you should, like, never get nervous before, like, a show or something like that if you know that you've, like, really practiced and, like, know what you're doing almost. Like, mm-hmm. you can be nervous, but they're all, like, confident at the same time because you know yeah. that, like, you, like, you're going to do what you need to do almost. Right. Yeah. That's Whereas, the like, best feeling. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I feel like if I uh, if I don't go in with, with some without some, some kind of nerves, um, it's almost like I don't care. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I and then I perform really poorly because yeah. I've convinced mm-hmm. myself that I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it, it, it's at some point it's gotten overbearing for me. You know, I, I felt, you know, if a crowd isn't giving me the right reaction, you know, I'll get physically shaky on stage and I don't get that nervous very often outside of performing. But I, I've definitely had quite a few moments where I'm like, oh, I'm shaking. Can people see that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't. And it's, it's very, very normal. I mean, that's so normal. Like, if you're talking about anything and if people aren't giving you the social cues you want, mm. like, you're bound to just be like, well, they don't really care what I'm talking about, so why should I be talking? The same thing goes with yeah. singing and performing. Like, I feel like it's like, if everybody's just sitting there staring, like, obviously you're going to get upset. Yeah. You're you're bound and you're allowed to have those feelings <laughs> i don't know that that almost motivates me to be more crazy no yeah like you know? i i haven't gotten to perform on stage yet for music <laughs> but i know for speech like if a judge was looking at me like i hate to talk about high school speech like yeah. it's comparable but like if a judge was looking at me like i was a bore I'd talk a little louder a little more passionately yeah. and they definitely perk up <laughs> i didn't go to state for nothing baby <laughs> i know how to talk with feeling just slow slowly start stripping and, <laughs> hey that is definitely bound to get your crowd's attention i so. had to if worse at comes to point. worse did you he I did had, i did I, I think i talked about this at one show i was being bullied <laughs> on stage while i was performing what? for my overexposed chest he so, had two buttons unbuttoned. So yeah, you know. So like, lame. <laughs> I know. And so I just unbuttoned yeah. all the way and was like, fuck this. If they ain't fucking yeah, with the top, the I'm going to give him the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can deal with the bottom. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck him. Gage, what's, his, what's on the docket? <laughs> I think we will talk about his new P- EP, 
new P? New P. Your new P? He's new P. Oh, wait, okay. After the break. Okay, after the break. One question for you before okay. we before we Whoa. go on the break. Uh, in, interpersonally, amongst the Mez group, there has been a controversy as to whether <laughs> pee-pee-poo-poo or poo-poo-pee-pee is more funny. <laughs> What's probably pee-pee-poo-poo. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a, a pee- vote for pee-pee-poo-poo. Like, probably more yeah. vanilla, though. Pee-pee-poo-poo. <laughs> like more people. <laughs> I don't. I Say don't. That. I don't engage. What about but I figured I'd get you. All right. We'll be right back. What's going on, babies? I would like to give a quick shout out to our friends over at The Laundry Room. Uh, they are a live streaming venue uh, located in Lincoln, Nebraska, in a very fine, sweet basement with a washer and a dryer. Hence the name, The Laundry Room. They have already had on Peachy and The Credentials, and their upcoming show with Mannix is going to stream October 21st at 8.30 p.m. So be sure to get on that at their Instagram page, thelaundryroom.live. Go check it out. So How was that break for you guys? Oh, it was such a good break. Such good a nice, break. relaxing break. It was. <laughs> and, and now the anxiety is set back in because here we're... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. So tell us about your new EP. Yeah. Um, Derek was asking... Because I haven't really put out anything original probably since the last EP. Yeah. When like, did that come out? last night <laughs> i mean i put out like a bunch of remixes and like a cover and some stuff like that but nothing like completely i've, original, I've seen your your soundcloud you know you're you're doing stuff kind of consistently it seems honestly like that's not that far of a more or less that's not that big of a gap <laughs> in my opinion at least yeah i think it just depends it always feels bad to like realize that you haven't put anything out concrete mm-hmm. in a while sure. and then realize like now i gotta like actually do, do it that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> set a deadline otherwise it's oh yeah it's not gonna happen most yeah. of the time yeah, yeah i we got to listen uh <clears throat> i listened uh multiple times to the new uh you sent me some uh, unfinished tracks they're really yeah. good it's Thank a you. it's a big style change honestly mm-hmm. uh, from microcosm as i've talked is it's honestly really really chill it's really yeah. inspirational and mm-hmm. and um rejuvenating to the soul to listen to yeah uh, I mean, what if you had to pick? Uh, there, there's multiple genres in in the scene. What would you? Is this a genre change, or would you say this is consistent to what you are are wanting? Um, I don't know. I never like to try and like restrict what I make into like a certain genre, even sure. if it's just like in a single song. Like, like for the EP example, for example, uh. Like, I would say, like, the first part would be considered, like, future bass or something like that. And then the mm. second half of, like, the first song, I guess, like, the middle part, I don't even know what to call it, like, <laughs> ambient almost. It's just, like, yeah. a bunch of pads and, like, a bass and then vocals. And that's, like, it. And I'm going to add some, like, arps and stuff like that. But Nice. I, I, like, I don't know what that would be called, I guess. Uh, and there's, like, a more trappier side to, like, the yeah. very end of that, I guess. How is it um, getting getting people to, to sing on your tracks? That's me. Is it you? Yeah. Whoa. Well, okay, actually, all of, all of the vocals except for one of Miss them. But the Lena? Miss Lena one, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one was not me. <laughs> if you couldn't, <laughs> couldn't tell. Super poppy, that one. Yeah. If you don't mind talking about it, how did you get in contact with, with her? Um, um, I'm trying to think. She did some collabs with some other artists that i'm a fan of and then at some point she created an instagram and had a thing for commissions and i just reached out and then she was like so quick to respond to it was like day of like we nice. had a plan set in place and like a price and whatever else and Dude, then it was like that's like, sick as hell by the end of the weekend she had like recorded it and she had like like seven different tracks of like the actual vocals and then a ton of different backing stuff and like wow. a bunch, just a ton of extra stuff. I was really impressed with like how above and above beyond she went with that. Like, that's what that's what you gotta, so gotta freaking do if you're if you're trying to you know do that for a living. No, yeah, that, doing I'm, things on commission. I'm saying how sick that is. Like, <laughs> hey, I'll I'll sing your stuff. Send me it. Pay yeah. me. I want to do that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it helps to have like the knowledge of how to like record it and like make it sound good without 
extra post-processing by whoever is sure commissioning it i wasn't sure like how much i would have to do honestly but they sounded like completely fine as is which was nice <laughs> so that's, that's how you want it you know it it's just like yeah. you can just lay it in the track and be like oh my god it fits it's good oh <laughs> hell yeah are there any uh are there any lincoln djs who you think are really on on the uh, the front end of the curve like who are really are really d- trying to experiment hard with shit you know it might not mm. be might not be like up your alley or like yeah. up other people's but i mean is there anybody who's really reaching out mm. hard trying to think i feel like most people kind of stick to more or less a genre yeah it's like dubstep or house i mean caleb darkwood makes some like cool sound design stuff that i think is different than like it's not like an exact copy of something else but it's not necessarily like way left field weird territory (laughs) i guess i don't know what do you what do you generally tend to draw to just from your own listening habits when it comes to electronic music um, I would say definitely more of the melodic and like future bassy side of things majority of the time. Like, do you know Porter Robinson at all? Uh, Elaborate. I mean, it's, I yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he makes like a bunch of different stuff, I guess. But like the most that I've been drawn to is more our, like future bassy. It's almost on the pop side some of the times, I guess. Yeah. Something like hyper pop. No, it's not like <laughs> hyper pop. Hyper pop's cool though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We've had some long conversations about 100 Gex. Yeah, I remember <laughs> hearing the conversation about 100 Gex on one of the episodes. Yeah. 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 What What is your consensus? <laughs> we, I think we, yeah. if we bring it up, we have to get everybody's yeah. idea. I think it's really cool is, like, the bottom line. I think it takes a lot of different influences from just, like, such a wide variety of genres yeah. and mm-hmm. executes in, like, a fun way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it's meant to be taken, like, super seriously it's not like high art or whatever yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah. like i don't know it's just fun no it, yeah. is, it is a lot of fun i feel it's like people are, are being drawn more to fun music just yeah fun shit yeah you know sure. nobody wants to sit and listen to some cerebral garbage that you have to sift through <laughs> to find meaning you know i mean yeah. uh, especially amongst the the tiktok using gen z kids you know it's just fun <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. it's easily uh y- you can you can pick a certain motif from the song and throw it somewhere and have mm-hmm. it be uh you know a, a great addition to a little video or whatever the oh fuck, yeah you yeah know? yeah so that's that's what makes it so much fun um i don't know that's all i had to say in regards to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah any other questions gosh um, gosh you know how has it been you know releasing i i know you're you're partnered with black magic so mm-hmm. how has it been uh putting out a new project with them uh i mean i guess not new project but new release it's been like pretty laid back like most of the time whenever i ask questions it just comes back as like no like no matter what you're gonna do people aren't gonna hate it just do what feels right or whatever it's that's like, awesome right. yeah. that's kind of All the right. mentality of it it's just like a platform and it's not so much like you have to fit the niche of like the label or whatever yeah it's just do what feels right i don't know <laughs> so yeah. we did talk about like what you bring to uh, a live performance mm-hmm. but I, there is a lot of graphics uh that you know a lot of bigger artists have these crazy graphics to go along mm-hmm. with their with their music um how is that for you it, that's one of those things that really depends on the show like a lot of the times for like local stuff it'll just be like maybe some lasers and if someone has like a projector and the resources necessary they'll do visuals and stuff like that mm-hmm. but uh yeah it really just depends on the show like i don't think most people around here other than having like a logo have like their own visuals or something it's usually like borrowed from like beeple would be a great name if you've ever I feel like Paid attention to that. that. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> once you get to know his art, you'll see it, like, almost everywhere. It's like if you go to, like, a bar that has just, like, screens playing, like, random, like, visuals or something like that, yeah. they're just, like, free people downloads. Like, probably That's 90% <laughs> of them. And it's so weird to see him, like, blow up like that and just That's be, sick. like, everywhere. That's really cool. It's, it's pretty insane. It's super cool. I bet it's yeah. pricey to get those, like, custom animations for your oh, shows. Yeah. I don't know. I've never actually, like, tried to, like, 
contact artists to see like how much it would actually cost like it's probably not cheap but i it depends on who makes them i would imagine when it comes to like exactly how expensive or their process you know yeah i remember i hit up one animator uh, in question to like how much would it be for an animated music video and they're like three thousand dollars if it's like hand animation i'm sure it's like a whole different thing too Mm -hmm. because like with like blender or uh like after effects or something like that i think a lot of it is just like automated and you can like interpolate the frames and stuff like that to add like a lot more to it that isn't you don't have to like hand draw each frame or something like that if you could put together an edm show Mm -hmm. for you to play Mm -hmm. who would you who would your like dream Mm -hmm. roster right now be that is very tough are we talking just local or like anybody i i mean if you we could have both both we we can ask after (laughs) you come up with your dream team start start (laughs) thinking now then uh who are some like homies that Hmm. you consistently have played with around town yeah um i'd say like overall i think port robinson is definitely number one uh g jones is another name that i think would be cool to play with honestly like must die probably was up there like he's one of the the people that i've been listening to for like probably 10 years or something like Mm. that so it was like really cool to be able to like open for him oh wow you did that's yeah yeah that was the one that you well i don't know if it was the exact one that you said that you may have seen me open for at the bourbon yeah 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 yeah. 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 (laughs) i'm so bad at names you know because me i'm very new to this scene so like this is honestly the cusp of my knowledge you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) speaking of that um what would you recommend for anybody who wants to get into the edm scene that might Uh, only know the indie scene Um, yeah what what is the first step what should you do Mm, i mean porter robinson is always a good starting point i think i think that like a lot of his stuff is very palatable when it comes to electronic music it's not like crazy in your face dubstep or something like that yeah it's not like too minimal of like house where you have there's like some weird like stigma where like house listeners can get like very pretentious with what they listen to because it's (laughs) it's the like very fine art of like electronic music (laughs) Uh. every every drum is like perfectly crafted oh beautiful it doesn't need other elements to right like do its own thing <laughs> is there anybody who's uh who's scratching straight wax these days uh that mm. you might recommend or is that not really a thing right now uh i know people who can scratch like will definitely can scratch and there's a guy named fly cuts who i know is really good at scratching i don't know if he does it on like actual vinyl ever or not but there's also like uh digital vinyl where you put like a, a thing on like a digital record player almost i guess and then you like put yeah. them into a mixer like you would the cdjs or something like that and then it's probably more or less the same i've only tried it like once and i've never <laughs> done actual vinyl so i don't know if Whoa. it's like who the was, same thing or not who was that um at the peekaboo show that at the <laughs> bourbon who was the person that played right before him Zeke Beats, yeah. He okay. can yeah. scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can scratch like a yes. motherfucker. <laughs> uh, apparently, Flycuts actually brought him like the, the like pin thing or something like that. Mm. Because like Flycuts is uh, like a tournament winning like scratching DJ, like competition Ooh. DJ, and so apparently he knows Zeke Beats somehow through that. Because Zeke Beats is also like, I think he's from like Australia, New Zealand, and he's like. Like an international winner or something like that's that. Crazy. Like he's that's crazy. Awesome. Like the best of the best when it comes that's like scratching. Yeah. I, I've seen, I've, after that show, I remember going home and onto YouTube and looking up like a whole bunch of scratching competitions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and seeing people just like, <laughs> it was yeah, awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't really do it, but it's something I would like to learn just to be able to yeah have it throw it down yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love watching competitions of things that I know nothing about. Dude, I was like, laying in, yeah. yeah I was laying like, in bed last night thinking about hot dog eating competitions <laughs> and how if there was a soup eating competition I would win. And now I'm just thinking about how I can make somebody set up a soup eating competition. And I'm like, hmm. oh, fancy that. We're just walking past a soup eating competition. Might as well join. See what happens. And then just absolutely obliterate. I love it. 
You just open your throat. It's like, yeah. It's like, it's like, like I was gonna say you have to have a really good gag reflex, so any of the chunks in the suit can just slide right down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Start off chugging beer because that's hard, and then, <laughs> and then graduate to soup. Soup. Because that's a logical next step, right? If you had to compete in any sort of non-musical competition, <laughs> what would it be? I don't know. Please say hog hog calling. Hog calling. <laughs> 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 I don't think I'd be very good at that. I mean, I did like cross country in high school. Ooh. I guess so it's like you run. look aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you do you still run? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Hunter trying to Hunter have trying people to run. join his I, running cult. I am, yeah. man. Yeah. He just I, wants a giant crowd of people running. The cardio cult. Mm-hmm. I found I found the bike over the summer and I got really into that. Um, I, I bike all the time. Though. Yeah, yeah, fuck like, yeah, like long distance or mm-hmm. yeah, dude, yeah. sick. Uh, where, uh, where do you go around on the trails? Because Lincoln is uh, like the the hub it's of fucking so nice. badass bike trails. Yeah, um, like I live on like 70th and like Van Dorn and Pioneers, like in between there. So it's mm. like right by Homesick. So I can mm. kind of, there's like so many like different options from mm-hmm. there. Like I take the one that goes down like Capitol Parkway. I never remember the name of it. Capitol Parkway. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's, like it's, right it's the, the Antelope Creek Trail that kind of go, goes uh, by there. Um, it, it like becomes the Antelope Creek it, Trail yeah, eventually. Yeah. Unless you go like off on the Rock Island one or whatever. And yeah, and then that hooks up with the Rock Island Trail. Yeah. I What's really I nice remember. about yeah. this location is just if you take 33rd Street straight down, then it hooks right up with the Rock Island yeah. Trail. And I can't wait until they get that. Like if you take Rock Island Trail all the way south, um, mm-hmm. you kind of come to a dead end and then it curves, right? Yeah. Um, I can't wait until they, that's a big dirt patch there. I can't wait until they get that bridge they hooked like up. Stuff? Yeah. I don't, I, you got to try this next time you're yeah. out. You got to go down to the end of the Rock Island Trail, walk across the dirt patch, you know, like after five <laughs> or whenever, because they're still doing construction out there. Yeah. And then you go down this big hill and then over these railroad tracks and then that it connects straight mm-hmm. up with the Jamaica South Trail. What? Yeah. And then okay, you can that's just, so sick. it's to- totally Whoa. tight. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, you get that adrenaline break in the law, you know, <laughs> <laughs> running over the railroad yeah. tracks. And then you can just, you know, take that as far as hmm. you want to, do you want to go like Beatrice or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Um, it goes so far. It goes a long it's like way. Crazy. Yeah. The other one is like the Mopac. I'll ride that like way East. Yeah. Have you ever, like, um, have you ever been on, uh, the nacho, the nacho ride? I haven't like nacho ride done <laughs> the nacho ride to like go eat nachos or whatever. But yeah. I remember I was like biking <laughs> with friends one day on that trail, and we we're like, "Wow! Like there are so many people just like randomly on this trail today. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on?" Dude, I do you know Dwight Miller? Kind of. We, we had him on the podcast the, a couple times ago. I think he was in like the song a day thing as well. Yeah, yeah, he was. That's right. You but were in the song a day thing. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I went out with Dwight and uh, Caleb from Histrionic. <laughs> um, I guess now formerly from Histrionic. <laughs> I'm not sure what the the, the status is on that, yeah. but um, I and and another one of Dwight's friends, and we went all the way out on Tuesday <laughs> for the, the for the nacho ride, and we had a, a tackle box that we filled with ice and beer, and yeah. we stopped at the first hut. There's like two huts, so we stopped mm-hmm. at the first hut, drank a beer, stopped at the second <laughs> hut, drank another beer, and then went there, drank another beer, ate I would nachos, throw up, came yeah. back. So we drank five <laughs> beers by the end of it. Um, but dude, that, that shit is so much fucking fun. It's like the perfect distance. If you start yeah. like at the the station or whatever. Right. I can't imagine doing it without biking shorts though. Like padded shorts. <laughs> Cause those, those guys just like, they, bo- yeah. they bore through it for sure. Um, and I, I was like, how do you guys do this? <laughs> My ass would be so raw. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, to bring it back to your new EP, mm-hmm. um, when is it coming out? Uh, November fourteenth, I think. November fourteenth. Ninety-nine percent sure. Oh, oh snap! Something okay. Like and yeah. um, so it does it have a name yet, or is it going nope. to have a name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will have a name at some point. That's always like the tough part for me because a lot of the songs, sure. especially when they like don't have words, like coming up with some sort of like <laughs> yeah. name to put on it. I don't know. I feel like it's important because it is like one of those things, like album art, where it's like a like a preface to the song and it can like kind of set the mood before you even like yeah begin to listen to it and in that sense <laughs> it can <laughs> <That's> <laughs> somebody's <fun>. doing something <laughs> it can like influence the way that you might like perceive the song on your yeah. first listener something i've noticed like there's a big difference between like indie 
album yeah. art and uh, EDM album art. It's a mm-hmm. lot more produced. There's a lot. It looks like there's a lot more work that goes into mm-hmm. an electronic releases album cover than it would some just yeah. crappy picture somebody took on their phone. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, all right, that's it. Yeah. You know, each yeah, have their crazy. own effect, you know. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. done uh, vinyl or tape releases? No, I have not. I think it'd be cool. You guys I've do that here, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the, the tape reproduction setup that we always use. Um, yeah. He points. And as I, as I point to it, I'm directing <laughs> uh, Zark there, right? to the reproduction setup. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I've been obsessed with tapes for a long time, so it was, it was a natural fit. Like I, yeah. I, I fucking had to start making actual tapes i've looked around multiple times to try and find um some electronic releases on cassette because it's just my favorite way to listen to it Mm -hmm. because that's how i have my nice speakers set up you know (laughs) so it would be that would be a really cool thing to have physical yeah releases for electronic tracks i feel like it's Mm -hmm. not that big of a thing Mm mm-hmm I know there's a group called Six Impala who did, I don't know if it was like a limited time thing, but they did release cassettes for their album that they put out last year. They might do it again because they also just put out an album like maybe a month ago. That's super cool. Yeah, they like the the album art too had like, it, it's like a very story-based album and they had like these tapes and they were like cursed or something like that. And so like <laughs> you would get like one of those tapes and it would be like all cool design That's and everything. That's super cool. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> sick. Damn. All right, so I guess uh, it's getting about that time that we ask the most important question. Yeah. The most important. What mm. has been going through your iPod Nano? Hmm. I mean, I have like a big playlist that I always listen to. And Put us on. Put us on mm. something. I mean, always Porter Robinson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, always on it. He's released some stuff. For, like the first time he's released anything in like the past like five years or something like that. Ooh. A resurgence album i guess uh i don't know there's just like so much different (laughs) stuff on there yeah cone sounds a big one oh yeah yeah well it's been great talking to you man i feel like honestly as a as a send-off for today there's a lot that our different scenes as you know it goes to say Mm. they different scenes can learn a lot from each other if mm-hmm. you just expose yourself to those different scenes if you yeah. branch out you can learn a lot and you can find things that you would want in your own scene that are hugely present in another you know mm-hmm. like i see those crowds and they are always so excited to be there and it, it seems <laughs> just like a, a like a gathering place you know instead of yeah you're just going to see the show. You're going to see your friends too. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the lights. You're going to see all what what posters are being put up. Like I remember Peekaboo put up posters of his <laughs> his face photoshopped on a bunch of different bodies. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. <I> <laughs> you know, it's just there's all sorts of crazy things you can learn if you just check it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's it feel to be on the forefront of the forefront of the biggest <laughs> upcoming music genre whoa uh, <laughs> i don't know i've never really thought about that that much i guess <laughs> i'm half joking yeah. um but anyway thank you <laughs> thank you so much yeah, dude. jackson For straight sure. up yeah it's been fun <laughs>